Welcome back to Lockdown Sunbelt, your conference every day. I'm your host, Dave Schultz. Afternoon host on Sports Radio 105.5 WNSP in Mobile, covering the South Alabama Jaguars, and, and before that, covering the Louisiana Raging Cajuns and doing mornings for 103.7 The Game. On today's show, we will talk to the director of broadcasting for the Texas State Bobcats, Brant Freeman, and we'll recap all of the scores and games from this past weekend. And the big one was, I mentioned it on Friday, would there be an upset? And there was. Texas State takes down App State 36-24. Quickly, the other scores. Georgia State does hang on to defeat Georgia Southern 41-33. James Madison pulls away in the fourth 42-40 over Arkansas State. Troy with a big win at home, their third straight win, 27-10 over Southern Miss. And Coastal hangs on, despite being shut out in the second half, 28-21 to Monroe. We will get to those ball games, but again, the big ball game in the conference, only five games uh, as four teams were off. Texas State takes down Appalachian State 36-24, and it was 24-0 before App State got on the board. They hit a, a long field goal at the end of the first half, and then maybe they could get back into it to begin the second half, except Chase Bryce throws a pick six just as App State was going to score a touchdown. He throws a pick six to Torrey Spears, 94-yard touchdown return. It was fourth and four from the Texas State 12. Maybe App State could mount a comeback, but for all intents and purposes, that was it. It was 30-3. to They did get it as close to 33-18, but could get no closer. But a great job by Texas State, you know, kind of like about a month ago when South Alabama... Kept on getting the ball back from Louisiana Tech. And like 20 minutes into the game, it's 31-7. to Here, uh, just before the end of the half, it's 24-0. And right at the beginning of the second half, it is 30-3. Uh, Texas State evens up their record at 3-3. Uh, three and three, uh, Whereas uh, App State drops to 3-3 three and 1-2 three and and in the conference. Almost eliminated from Eastern Division contention by chance. They're going to have to have... Coastal Carolina lose an extra ball game in there. So if Coastal can lose to James Madison and then App State beat Coastal, I guess they would still go and still be uh, the Eastern Conference representative. Uh, but certainly their mountain to climb, get it? Mountain to climb uh, is going to be a little bit tough uh, moving forward. Uh, but just a huge win for Jake Spavital and his Bobcats. Really an uneven season thus far for Texas State. They have played well at home and poorly on the road. The teams on the road have been much more difficult. They lost opening game to Nevada, 38-14. Uh, also on the road at Baylor, 42-7. Uh, and then uh, at JMU, who again may or may not be the best team in the Sun Belt. Certainly one of the top teams, 40-13. to uh, At home, though, they've beaten FIU. That's on the west side of Miami. They are awful, 41-12. to They beat a lesser-leveled uh, school, Houston Christian, 34 to nothing. Uh, but they are certainly nothing lesser about uh, App State, 36-24. to Maybe their biggest win in a long, long time. The schedule doesn't get any easier, by the way. The schedule is absolutely brutal. They are done with the East. And so the schedule is brutal. They are at Troy, who is as hot as anybody, winners of three in a row. And again, a defended Hail Mary away from being 5-1 and one, and their only loss on the season to Ole Miss. Then they're hosting Southern Miss, who will not be easy, although it is in San Marcos. And then they're at UL Monroe, who gave Coastal all they could handle. We'll get to that in a minute. 
and then they come to South Alabama, who by that time may or may not have control uh, in the West uh, come uh, November uh, 12th. All right, so a big win in the conference for Texas State. They are one and one in the division, or I'm sorry, one and one in the conference, and uh, three and three overall. The other close ball game was Coastal Carolina had to hang on to defeat UO Monroe 28-21. They did get shut out in the second half. Uh, they did have a, a goal line stand. In fact, they had, and ULM had a, a chance to really get right back in this football game. They score a touchdown on the opening drive. They force a three and out to Coastal. ULM drives all the way down the field. First and goal at the one. 12 men on the field. Uh, then their first and goal at the six. No gain. Then a second and goal uh, from the six. They run it for five yards. They try to run it. The QB sneak Chandler Rogers for one yard. He is stuffed. And then on fourth and one from the one. Chandler Rogers throws a pass and is incomplete. And that was really the best opportunity that ULM had uh, for that ball game. So ULM drops to two and four, one and two in the conference. Coastal Carolina, the Chanticleer, six and oh, three and oh in the conference. Uh, as uh, Alan Blondin, who joined us last week, uh, discussed, Coastal Carolina still undefeated. They haven't lost yet, but not nearly as dominating as they have been in the past. Although... I think Grayson McCall still had a Grayson McCall kind of game, although not quite as explosive. 19 for 28, 246 yards and a touchdown. Uh, did have nine carries, 41 yards, didn't score on the ground. C.J. Beasley, the running back, who had that leaping touchdown against Georgia Southern, he did have 15 carries for 115 yards, and he scored two touchdowns. Chandler Rogers, my goodness, 27 of 30 for 279 yards and two touchdowns. And he's going to remember the one that he didn't complete on fourth and goal from uh, the one. Elsewhere in uh, the Sun Belt, all right, the Troy Trojans did beat Southern Miss 27-10 to uh, in a game marred by turnovers. Three first-half interceptions by Southern Miss. One by Troy. Troy took an early 3-0 lead, but after an interception, a one-play drive, and Southern Miss took a 7-3 lead. But that was the only time that Southern Miss led. Troy took a 10-7 lead into halftime, scored a touchdown to begin the second half. Uh, as close as Southern Miss got was a field goal, making it 17-10. Uh, and then they threw another interception in the second half. So that's four interceptions uh, in the game for Southern Miss. And Troy and John Summerall continue to roll. Again, three straight wins, 4-2 and two overall, 2-1 two and one in the conference. Uh, and they will be coming in for the Battle of the Belt uh, in 10 days on Thursday. Uh, the game will be on ESPNU taking on South Alabama. Uh, Southern Miss drops to 2-3. and three. They lose their first game in the conference. They drop to 0-1. The big rivalry game of the weekend in the East was Georgia State over Georgia Southern, 41-33. We will have Ben Moore from Panther Talk and uh, 24 7 sports on Tuesday uh, to discuss. But Kyle Vantrese, equal opportunity passer, maybe more so the other way, threw three touchdowns for Georgia Southern, four interceptions himself, three, 30 for 49, 357 yards, but the four interceptions are going to kill you. Uh, and uh, Georgia State, when you know it, ran it pretty effectively on the ground where Georgia Southern did not. Georgia State ran it 54 times for 335 yards. Jameis Williams had 129 yards. Tucker Craig 
had 111 yards, whereas Georgia Southern, originally known for running the football, ran it for a total of 92 yards. But Georgia State was ahead of this ball game uh, for most of uh, the ball game. Uh, they were really in control uh, as they uh, jumped out to a uh, they jumped out to a 17 point lead not once but twice, led it 27 to 10 and 34 uh, 17. Give credit to Georgia Southern. They did not go away. They got it to 34 to 30 uh, towards the end of the third quarter, uh, but they could really get no closer uh, than that. So Georgia State, after starting out the season 0 and 4, now are 2 and 4, 1 and 1 in the conference. And Georgia Southern, who had that big win against Nebraska early on, has all of a sudden dropped to three and three. They have lost three of their last four ball games, and they are 0 and 2 in the conference. One more game to talk about. JMU continues to roll. They defeated Arkansas State 42-20. This game, the Dukes jumped out. Uh, they fell behind 3-0, but they were ahead 7-3, 14-3, and 21-6. Arkansas State, again, battled. Got it as close as to 28-20, to uh, but JMU 21 fourth quarter points. Uh, again, they're averaging over 40 points a game. Arkansas State does a good job to score 20 because JMU gives up about 13 points a game. And James Madison, who cannot go to the postseason, uh, and they are ranked uh, now in the top 25, they, uh, you know, they're going to have a great season, and they may be playing spoilers uh, in the East. And it'll be very interesting to see who comes out of the East. Uh, and, uh, and again, we're, way, I mean, we're only halfway in the season now. In fact, South Alabama has not played their sixth game yet. But it is set up for the Jaguars to be hosting the Sunbelt Conference Championship. I know we're way away from that. And it all may come down to, you know, James Madison and Coastal Carolina, which look like they're heading for a showdown. Uh, Arkansas State drops to 2-4, and 1-2 and two in the conference. James Madison stays undefeated 5-0, and 3-0 in the conference. And uh, they won't finish up against Coastal Carolina until the end of uh, the season. There is your uh, week six scoreboard uh, in the Sun Belt. Again, quickly, Georgia State 41-33 over Georgia Southern. James Madison 42-20 over Arkansas State. Texas State with a huge upset, 36-24 over Appalachian State. Troy continues to stay hot, 27-10. And Coastal over UL Monroe, 28-21. By the way, again, another good week. ATS against the spread, 4-1. Didn't have the App State upset, or the Texas State upset, as the case may be, but did pick Texas State uh, to cover, did pick James Madison uh, to cover, did pick Troy to cover, although not super competent, and I actually picked UL Monroe to cover as well. I did not have the Georgia State Panthers, who admittedly I said is probably better than I thought, and then I, I, I just had, I guess, a little bit more confidence in Georgia Southern. So we'll see how we do uh, next week. We are, we're pretty good, two out of three weeks thus far. All right, let's take a timeout. We will be back with Brant Freeman, the director of broadcasting for the Bobcats. Tell us a little bit of the history of Texas State football, uh, how Jake Spavitol goes about recruiting, and how big a win this was against App State. All coming up, Locked On Sunbelt, your conference every day. The numbers don't lie. In the last decade, over 4 million people have chosen Simply Safe home security to protect their home. You don't earn the trust of that many people without doing something right. At Simply Safe, your safety is the only thing that matters. They protect you with cutting-edge security technology powered by 24-7 professional monitoring agents who always have your back. 
Here's why I love it. With 24-7 professional monitoring, Simply Safe's agents call you the moment a threat is detected and dispatch police or first responders in an emergency, even if you're not at home or can't be reached. Simply Safe blankets your home in protection with advanced sensors for every room, window, and door. HD security cameras for inside and outside your home. Smarter ways to detect motion that only alert you when a threat is real and even hazard sensors that instantly detect fires, floods, and other threats to your home. Our monitoring experts use proprietary advanced response technology to visually confirm when a break-in is real so you can get the highest priority police dispatch. Customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com forward slash locked on college. Save 20% on your Simply Safe security system when you sign up for an interactive monitoring plan and get your first month free. Visit simplysafe.com forward slash locked on college to learn more. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Welcome back to a Monday edition of Locked On Sunbelt. Huge upset this past weekend. The Texas State Bobcats, 19 and a half point home underdogs, defeated the, the Appalachian State Mountaineers 36 to 24. Talking to us now is the director of broadcasting for the Bobcats, Brant Freeman. Brant, what was the attitude of the team heading into the game? Because, uh, I mean, the Bobcats had struggled so far this year, mm-hmm. uh, and they were coming off a big loss that maybe the best team in the in the conference, James Madison, 40-13. to 13. Yeah, they were pretty upset after the way they had played in that game. You know, all due respect to JMU, who's uh, a really good program. I mean, they just got ranked in the top 25 for a reason. Um, the Bobcats feel as if they didn't play very well, you know, in that game and made it maybe a little bit too easy for James Madison. And and um, I know there are a lot of tough conversations that were had you know, between the staff and, uh, and, and, the, and the players and the players amongst themselves. And a lot of people being challenged to rise to the occasion and, uh, you know, not, not let the season get away from them this early on. You know, respond. You got punched in the mouth. You know, you need to punch back. Um, and so, I mean, like you could tell that, uh, there was a level of intensity throughout the week, you know, that this team was ready to prove not only to uh, others, but more importantly to themselves that, like, this is a good football team, you know, one that's capable of playing with anybody in the Sun Belt. And um, certainly we saw that on display um, against Appalachian State this past Saturday, one of the more impressive wins the program has had in quite some time. All right, so let's go back uh, because uh, I guess it hasn't been that bad of a season. It's kind of been an up-and-down season, lose one, win one, lose one, win one. Uh, and so what happened in the Houston Baptist game? Because that's a level below uh, and a good shutout, right, a win nonetheless. Uh, did things get straightened out there and they just didn't take that into JMU? And, of course, JMU is just a good football team. Sure. I think that inconsistency has certainly been one of the issues for the team this year. And look, look further than the record, 3-3, three and three, you're 500. Um, you know, and they've alternated wins and losses, open the year with a loss, come back with a win, and it's gone back and forth like that six games in. Um, and so the challenge for them now is, look, you're coming off this, this huge win over App State. What are you going to do about it now? You know, are you going to um, you know, revel in the success, you know, or are you going to play even more determined moving forward? You know, realizing that, uh, you know, you can play with the big boys in the, in the Sun Belt. Um, you, you mentioned you referenced to the uh, Houston now Christian game. They changed their name wow. um, recently. Um, but uh, uh, that came after they got um, uh, humbled by Baylor, you know, the week before. You look at the, the uh, home opener against Florida International, 41-12 win. That came after getting beat uh, pretty handily by Nevada. Um, and so, 
you don't want losses to continue to serve to be your source of motivation because that would have meant that you lost a lot of games. So uh, if you're Texas State, um, the, big thing, the big thing for them now is, okay, you recover from losses well. How do you, quote, unquote, recover from wins? Well, I'm a big believer, and we're talking to Brant Freeman on Lockdown Sunbelt, uh, your conference every day. Uh, I'm a big believer when you're playing a team like Baylor, and, yes, you want to play well and, and do well, and, and you know, we, we saw the Sunbelt pull off some major upsets in the Power Five. But it also, exploit is not the right word, or maybe it is. They can exploit your weaknesses. So it's something that you can work on when you get back uh, mm -hmm. and to your level, unfortunately, maybe for, you know, Texas State's issue is that so did JMU. What were the issues that Texas State found out from the Baylor game and from the JMU game that maybe they addressed before playing uh, App State? Well, they kept getting in their own way. You know, Baylor and James Madison are not teams that need help. And Texas State was making far too many mistakes in those games. You look at the Baylor game. I think they got into Baylor territory nine times or something like seven or nine times, came away with one touchdown from it. So drives would stall. They would turn the ball over after getting into Baylor territory. A penalty would erase a good play for them. There'd be a drop ball or whatever the case may be. You look at James Madison and every mistake the Bobcats made, JMU turned it into points. Um, every mistake JMU made, the Bobcats didn't capitalize. I think they actually forced three turnovers that day, and it didn't turn into any points. Um, actually did the numbers going into the App State game, and the defense done a very good job forcing turnovers. They are top 30 in the country. Going in, they had forced nine turnovers in their first five games, and it only had turned into 17 points. On average, that's 1.8 points per turnover. While the opponents had forced only three more turnovers, 12, that had turned into 52 points. On average, they're getting about four plus points for each of those one for each of those mistakes. And so the message to the team going into the App State game was anytime you make a mistake, uh, don't let it uh, linger. You know, get over it, move on to the next play. And if the opponent makes a mistake, you have got to make them pay. And I think we finally saw that in the App State game. Yeah, so it's interesting. Uh, Texas State jumps out to a 24 nothing lead in the first half. App State does put on a field goal at the end of the first half. But, you know, a few weeks ago, maybe it's even a month ago by now, South Alabama jumps out on Louisiana Tech 31-7. to I didn't think South Alabama was playing all that well. But 20 minutes into the game, it's 31-7. to what, What's the attitude of Texas State when almost everything you're doing is going right? Is it is it too much too soon? 24 to nothing. App State comes down and you know, it looked like they're going to get a touchdown on the board and there's a pick six. So all of a mm -hmm. sudden it's like 30 to three, yeah. right? I mean, you know, the, on the, on after their first drive of the first half, after App State's first drive, how much do you think was holding on a little bit last night? Uh, and, you know, do you get conservative when you get such a big lead so early on? Uh, and maybe the game is, you know, not officially over, but technically over so early mm -hmm. on in the second half. So it's certainly in the back of your mind that App State was a team that put up 40 in one quarter, right? I guess no one's going to lie It's in the back right. of your mind that App State themselves had a 28 to three lead against James Madison, you know, in the second half and didn't mm. hold on, you know, in that right. game. Mm. And you know what App State is. Chase Bryce is a very good quarterback. They have really good skill position players that have a good offensive line. You knew that you weren't going to keep that offense in check the entire game. So you kind of felt like their surge is coming. Um, and so when, when the Bobcats jumped out 24 to nothing and then 30 to three after the pick six, one of your emotions initially um, 
is you're, you're kind of stunned, even as somebody, you know, who's um, you know, covering on behalf of Texas State. Nobody saw that coming, you know, whether you're a Mountaineer fan, a Bobcat fan or, or whatever. Nobody saw it coming. Um, OK, but now that you're there, what are you going to do about it? You know, and then App State does fight back. As you said, they got it to 33-18. But I never felt like the play calling got conservative. I thought they were still being somewhat aggressive, maybe maybe not as much as they were in the first half, but they were still throwing the football and not just running the ball in the middle, hoping the clock would run out, you know. Um, and they played some great complimentary football, too. You know, uh, after the defense gave up a couple of scores, they buckled down and, and get a turnover on downs and essentially iced the game you know, in the fourth quarter, it's, it's, it's um, being up so much on a quality team like that is not a position they've been in very much, not only this year, but in recent years. And I thought they handled it pretty well. On a side note, it, it, they app state scored so late and it didn't mean anything except for mm -hmm. one thing. They didn't even try the extra point. They didn't even do the extra point. However, I, from what I saw, the over under in the game was 54. It was sitting on 54 until they scored a touchdown with zero points left. I can't wait to see that on SVP. You had the under all the way for 59 minutes and 58 seconds. Last play, they scored a touchdown. Yeah, bad beats, right? It was kind of funny <laughs> is that the week, the week prior, uh, Texas State at JMU, they got a touchdown on the final play of the game. The Bobcats did. Didn't go, you know, the, the officials uh, said there's no point after try, the game is over. You know, so Texas State got that late touchdown when it really didn't matter. James Madison. App State got the same, you know, uh, this past Saturday against Texas State. Um, if you take that touchdown out of it, uh, certainly the score looks far more convincing if you're the Bobcats. In reality, it was more 36-18. They doubled up the Mountaineers, right. you know. Um, but, uh, no, you're right. So if, if anybody had money on the uh, over-under, I'm sorry. Or at least on the under, you're sorry. Uh, on the over, right, you know, yes, they're, yeah. they're very happy. They got very excited late, uh, late Saturday night. BetOnline.net is your number one source for football betting info this season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all of your sport wagering information. With live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there, the fastest and easiest way to check on all your favorite games and events, including Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online, where the game starts. We're talking to Brant Freeman, Director of Broadcasting for the Texas State Bobcats. All right, tell us about the history of the Bobcats football team. I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, Texas State has the largest enrollment in the Sun Belt, or at least they did before the other four schools came in, so I'm, I'm not sure if that's still the case. Uh, and they got one of the bigger budgets. Um, and so how do they survive? You know, they're in the Sun Belt. I think they are now the most Western team in the Sun Belt. Uh, and uh, and they're competing against, you know, not only the big boys in Texas A&M and the Longhorns, but they got a bunch of Power 5 schools, the U UTSAs of the world. Uh, how are they – how is the football program overall? And, and give us a little history of the Bobcats football program. Sure. To answer your question about, about enrollment, it's around 40,000 hmm. right now, which makes them the third largest public university in Texas. And I do believe that makes them the largest public university as well in the Sun Belt. The only schools with larger enrollments uh, in Texas are Texas and A&M, the two schools that you just referenced. So um, there's a large student body here. The location is San Marcos, which is great. It's um, uh, South Central-ish Texas. It's right between Austin and San Antonio. So it's very easy to get to. You got two major metro metropolitan areas. 
um, you know, just outside of San Marcos, easy to get to Houston and Dallas from there. You can jump on I-10 or I-35. Um, and, and you did mention, you know, kind of uh, who you're battling with in terms of recruiting. Well, the Bobcats are on an island in the Sun Belt because they're the only team in Texas. Um, in the state, of course, there are so many football programs, Power Five and Group of Five um, alike. So you're competing with them for recruits, you know. And as we know, Jake Spavadol has taken a different approach with recruiting, going heavily towards the transfer portal over the past couple of years. In terms of, of the history, so if you go all the way back to the early 80s, there was a Division II powerhouse. They won back-to-back national championships at the Division II level, 1981-1982. The coach then was the late, great Jim Wacker, uh, who, would, who would then move on from then Southwest Texas to TCU, would later come back to Southwest Texas as the athletic director until he passed away, I think, in 2001 or two or something like that. Um, and they made, they made the move from Division II to uh, 1AA, now known as FCS, about mid 80s, 1985. And so after all the great years in Division II, they they suffer a lot of losing at the 1AA level. It's not until David Bailiff comes on as head coach um, in the middle of the 2000 decade that they finally have some success. Um, They won a Southland Championship in 2005, go to the national semifinals in the playoffs. Three years later, won another Southland Championship to go to the postseason. And it was um, shortly after that uh, that they made, uh, two years later, they make the announcement they're going to move up to the FBS. Um, and they do that. And initially, it's going pretty well. For year one, they go four and eight. Um, and then year two, they win six games. And year three, they win seven. You So you figure that this program is about to take off. But since that seven-win year in 2014, it's been a lot of losing. Um you know, uh, a year ago, the uh, four wins were the most that the program has had since that 2014 season. So if you, if you go all the way back to Division II to where they are now, I, I want to say, Dave, that there might be only five or six winning seasons, you know, over the past uh, 35 or so years. So there has not been a great foundation of success. That said, perhaps the App State game could be a program turning moment for them. They have new leadership in place with a new university president in Kelly Dampus, who came over from, from Arkansas State, who has been hitting the ground running. Uh, they have a relatively new AD. This is his second year on the job. So people are excited about the future. And um, if you look at the Sunbelt and the other sports, the Bobcats have been arguably one, one of, if not the best, overall athletic programs in the conference. You know, they won a baseball championship this past year. They've won two straight men's basketball titles. Their women's volleyball program has been the best in the Sun Belt the last five years. Track and field has been really good. Softball always competes with Louisiana for Sun Belt championships. Everybody has had success except football, uh, which, as you know, is king. And so uh, everybody is just waiting for that to finally uh, come around. And who knows? Maybe, again, the win over App State was the start of something. Yeah, it sounds like trying to compete at, at the football level at the same time. It seemed like Arkansas State was on the rise. And, of course, the Cajuns, although in there, the Cajuns could have taken a little fall, uh, step back and that brought Napier. And then, then they rose again. We're talking to Brant Freeman, uh, Director of Broadcasting for the Texas State Bobcats. All right, you brought it up. What is Jake Spavitol's theory when it comes to recruiting and the transfer portal? So yeah, there was actually an article in The Athletic, you know, about this very topic uh, right before the season began. And he kind of took this approach a couple of years ago. I think this was right. Um, 
uh, during COVID, actually, when, when the pandemic started you, and you, you had to get a recruiting class together and he was going heavy into the portal. And um, so I think there's a couple of reasons behind that. One of the ones that he highlighted is, is, what, the, is what the program can sell. And one thing it's not, it has not been able to sell is winning, unfortunately. Um, and they feel like their facilities are far behind uh, their peers, you know, the peers in the Sun Belt, the peers in Texas. Uh, now, the stadium is great. The, the, you, I'm sure you've been there or you've seen it on TV. The stadium is one of the better ones in the Sun Belt. But as we all know, football players spend very little time in the stadium. They spend much more time in the weight room and training in the locker room. And those are, have fallen behind. And when you're recruiting high school players, that's a huge selling point, that and a, and a program with a, with a winning tradition. So what can they sell? You can be the you can be the guy that's going to help turn the program around. You know, here you can get playing time and that kind of deal. Um, but they want some ready-made players to do that. Um, and so, and, and again, high school players don't tend to fall in love with that as much. But players looking for that second chance do that appeals to them. And so, um, the portal then they can, they feel as if they can get better talent through the portal than they could going the traditional high school football route. Um, certainly the jury is out whether or not this approach is going to work. Um, you know, if the team has a good season this year, then I thought, I think you'll finally start to see that come together. Um, they've had, certainly they've had some hits with the portal and they've had some misses as well. Um, the portal, as we know, has become huge, not only in college football, but college athletics over the past two to three years. And, and Texas State, honestly, is one of the first football programs that's truly embraced it. All right, let's wrap things up with Brent Freeman, Director of Broadcasting for the Texas State Bobcats. All right, the schedule does not get any easier for the Bobcats. They're at Troy, who's very good. They're coming off a home win against Southern Miss. And then it's at home against Southern Miss and then back on the road to ULM in South Alabama. Now, I'm one of those guys who thought the West was wide open. I, I'm not sure I thought the Cajuns would be struggled this much, but I just didn't mm -hmm. think that they were just because of the defections, the coaching staff and the players and kind of a natural turnover. And I think we're finding out how good a quarterback that Levi Lewis really was on the college level, especially in the Sun Belt. Uh, so I think the West is wide open right now. South Alabama, the only team that does not have a loss. And Texas State is exact has exactly one loss in the conference. Uh, how much is uh, Texas State trying to compete for that Western title? And it's not very easy who the next four games are. Three or four of them are being on the road. Yeah, that's right. You know, Texas State's first two conference games are against the, were against the East. So they're done with the East. Everything from mm -hmm. here on out is all the West. Right. So, you know, this is your opportunity now to make some true headway. Um, and that makes the implications of the game Saturday at Troy that much bigger. And you said it too, three of the next four on the road. And the three wins we've highlighted have all come at home. They've played infinitely better at home than they have on the road this year. The opponents have said something, have had something, something to, do, to do with that. Baylor and JMU sure. far better than HCU and FIU. Um, but if they're going to contend for a championship, probably the two biggest games they're going to have are going to be on the road <clears throat> against the other two teams who seem to be in that championship conversation, Troy and South Alabama. Right. Um so for them, they have to take – you look at the second half of the season. If they can win all the home games, and that's a big if, but if they can, they still have to probably find a way to at least win two of the remaining three on the road and probably would have to come against Troy and South Alabama. You know, and then you mentioned ULM, and 
you know, the way that they pushed Coastal Carolina this past weekend, they're certainly not a pushover. They, they beat the Cajuns, you know, in Monroe a couple of weeks back. So um, while the West maybe is not top heavy like the East is, I think top to bottom, there's some pretty solid teams in there. All right, he's Brent Freeman with the Texas State Bobcats. Really appreciate your time hopping on Locked On Sunbelt. Spread the word of the podcast, and uh, we will see you when the Bobcats come to Mobile to take on South Alabama. Thanks for your time, Brent. Thanks, Dave. Appreciate you. All right, again, special thanks to Brent Freeman, Director of Broadcasting for the Texas State Bobcats, for joining us another edition of Locked On Sunbelt. Thank you very much for listening to Locked On Sunbelt. Be sure to tune in on Tuesday for another edition of Locked On Sunbelt. We will be talking to Ben Moore of Panther Talk from 24-7 Sports about Georgia State's big win over Georgia Southern. Until that time, thanks again for listening to Locked On Sunbelt, your conference every day.